Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate news and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends uh, to new technologies, food safety, and even sustainability, anything really impacting today's supply chains. You're listening to our special uh, Link Educate series in celebration of SDC Exec's 20-year anniversary. I'm Brielle Jekyll. I'm the Associate Editor of Food Logistics and SDCE. And in this episode, I speak with Cindy Bolt, Senior Vice President of Manufacturing, Automotive, and Energy at Salesforce. We discuss the changes she's seen throughout her two-decade career and what her passions are in the supply chain. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, my name is Brielle Jekyll. I'm Associate Editor of SDCE. Uh, and today I'm here with Cindy Bolt of Salesforce. And we're going to talk a little bit about professional development in the supply chain and what it's like to be a veteran of the industry. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I, I, I'm a little cautious on that veteran, being a veteran. I did look up the number of years I've been working in the industry, and it's a little scary. <laughs> Well, it just means you're knowledgeable and you're good at what you do. Yeah. yeah well, you know, if, if I may, uh, I, I have been working with, I've been working in the technology industry for well over 30 something years, specifically working with the manufacturing and the supply chain industry for around that 30 year, uh, 30 year mark. So uh, it has been quite a journey. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to, I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective. I'm really excited. So first off, we'll just like address the elephant in the room, I guess we say behind the scenes. Um, why the supply chain industry? Oh, I, I, if I may broaden that a little bit and say supply chain encompassing, but I think the reason I got so interested in that years ago was uh, I tend to take the road less traveled. Um, I've had the opportunity to do some STEM presentations and women in technology and manufacturing presentations. And in thinking about what I was gonna stand up and talk about, I came to the conclusion I just tend to take the road less traveled, uh, which is for women in that industry in general, but also because it's, 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 it's a resilient industry. I mean, you know, it's the heartbeat of, you know, as we say, the heartbeat of America. And certainly now I think everyone has a greater appreciation for and respect for when we talk about the supply chain and we talk about our manufacturing industries, people have far more respect because they now understand it better given some of the challenges we've had with this uh, COVID crisis. So I think way back when, when I first started getting engaged, I like, you know, I like getting my hands dirty. I like seeing how things are built. Um, I like understanding how things have to collaborate and connect together. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I like, you know, the, the big toys, you know, things that you could touch and feel and really, you know, appreciate um, the hard work that that they deliver, and all of that is within, you know, it, at least within the supply chain defined in the manufacturing industry. And for those reasons, I guess I just, you know, I kind of dug in, and and maybe it was a little influence of my grandfather who was in the industry. So, and uh, he certainly was my my mentor years ago. So here I am. That's really interesting, and I I completely agree. It's really interesting to see. Um, how basically everything connects and you don't think about it. And now it's crazy. This has been behind the scenes for so long and no one really thinks about it. And now since the pandemic, it's just like front page news everywhere. 
Um, now, I, I, this is a little bit off topic, but I am curious, how do you feel that um, being in a, a woman in the industry, do you feel like it's still kind of rare or do you feel like um, it, it's becoming more commonplace? We just launched, an, uh, we're launching an award called Women in, in the Supply Chain, and I'm interested to see your perspective oh, on that. You know, it's uh, one thing that's interesting around the, the statistics uh, that you see in the technology industry, it's, it's now lagging behind the, the manufacturing supply chain industry. It's pretty exciting. It's difficult because I work in the technology industry, mm -hmm. uh, but as it relates to the supply chain and manufacturing industry, those statistics are getting better. And I think it's because there's been such a tremendous effort around starting to educate at a very young age um, that this industry is cool. And I want to talk about that in a moment as it relates to COVID. Um, and that engineering and going and getting engineering degrees, you know, are, it's a cool thing because it's a foundation that can pivot any, in any way in any industry. Um, and so um, uh, I think we're getting far better and in accepting, um, I think, equality in the industry in general. And that's why things like women in manufacturing and supply chain and even the National Association of Manufacturers have a whole program around and other you know, um, groups yeah. to focus on careers in the industry. And it's a great time now to really take a look at it again. Uh, because I think it's going to be even more interesting because of the challenges they've had to face and what they need to do to overcome it. Right. I absolutely. Um, we're really excited to dive in and um, that what you said about technology versus the supply chain itself. That's that's super interesting, and I'm excited. I'm probably going to dive dive deeper into that later on. Um, okay. So, um, how has besides you know women in the industry? How do you feel like the industry as a whole has evolved since you first? Got got in. Well, it certainly, uh, as I said before, I was reflecting on how many years have I been working with this industry, and uh, you know, I I think the the speed of which decisions need to be made has been impacted. I mean, I I don't know if I'm going to say anything that's so luminary here, but the speed of which they need to make decisions have been impacted the really better understanding the entire life cycle of the value chain and the touch points along and the impact of the business. And that's because technology has made it more, um, has, it has influenced that need for speed and, and um, having a, an immediate understanding of the impact of, you know, how well is your product being accepted? Um, how well are you interacting with your distribution channels? And ultimately, if we all are using personalized technology, we all bring those demands into the workplace. And right. so the demands yeah. of the, the, the consumers have changed or the customers have changed. I should say customers from a B2B perspective, even that has to have the same kind of impact of the B2B, B2C experience. So, so customers are acting like a personalized consumer, know me, get to know me, expect, you know, know me better than I know myself and service me that way, either with, with better products and better services. And so all of those demands have, has just transformed the industry over the years. Um, and, uh, and, and I think the immediate crisis has now made the industry in general realize 
how much uh, more they need to adopt technology um, to be able to be prepared ever again. Um, so without a doubt, speed, um, personalization, you know, all these things we can take from other industries have now impacted the manufacturing industry. So now investing in big assets is, is, is important, but it's not always the biggest decision anymore. It's now how do we invest in having that relationship with our customers, with our, you know, our value chain, with the entire, and have a better understanding of the entire experience along the supply chain. Yeah, I agree. There's always, you know, there's always like a buzzword uh, that's going on. I feel like for the past few years, it's like visibility is like the number one thing people are looking for. But that comes from being a consumer and being able to track your Amazon Prime delivery every step of the way. And then as a customer in the workforce, you're like, I want that same visibility when it comes to my job. No matter what product is being manufactured, whether it's a car, whether it's a bulldozer, whether it's a, it's a lawnmower, you know, or it's, you know, the products that we wear, we, we now want to have that experience. So Amazon mm-hmm. absolutely has transformed that. I mean, we are now working with, um, you know, a great example is uh, it, was, it was at Dreamforce a couple of years ago where Lamborghini showed case their personalized experience where you can see the production of your car and where it stands and be excited about it and personalize it. So that's a, you know, a very high touch, you know, a a particular market, but you can take that example and put it into, you know, the more industrialized. And so whether you're Caterpillar or train or whomever else, you still want that customer to have that personalized experience. And they're all focused on doing that, putting the customer's center of everything you do. Right. And that's, that's really, Salesforce is, you know, was born focused on the customer, yeah. very much focused on the sales side. And then we've grown as we've added capabilities and innovation. And the conversations we're having with customers now are help us understand better our customer. Mm-hmm. And that, that gets back to using the data, having visibility. Um, and, you know, I think the over the other overword used is digital transformation. Uh, and, uh, but certainly every manufacturer is going through that transformation. But again, now with this crisis, they've realized they need to get there faster. Right. That's true. But it is, has definitely been interesting to see how technology has kind of switched the control to the customer instead of it used to be, you know, the other way around. So it's, it's exactly. crazy to see that shift. Um, now, so so things have changed recently. We noticed that lots of like supply chain majors have been popping up in schools, but I feel like that wasn't really the case, you know, years ago. I know you're on the tech side of things, but if you could go back to college, would you like focus on supply chains? I would absolutely have gotten a degree in engineering um, to help me understand the supply chain and the implications of. Because every conversation we have with uh, executives, it, you know, those that really understand that supply chain, the nuance, the interrelations, the, you know, the, the dependencies, if you really understand that, and, and not, not that that requires an engineering degree, but really if you really want to get into the specifics and the details of it, 
to really fine tune that experience. Having that engineer degree would um, be a great foundation to go anywhere. Um, and again, I, I sat on a panel for a, a STEM um, event that happened in Pittsburgh a few months back. And I was sitting on a panel with a few other female executives, a couple of CEOs of, of some of the small local companies, and they all had engineering degrees. And I was just envious of that, frankly, mm -hmm. because I thought they had a really better understanding. Now, I ended up with an economics degree. Um, and, and so not so bad, but I think being very practical in any industry, an engineering degree, and a focus around understanding the, the tech, Dota models and everything else, it's like, what's that next generation that is purely a digital view of the supply chain? And I think those that get that schooling now are going to be, you know, are going to just take us to places that we have not yet fully experienced yet, particularly the supply chain capabilities and really leveraging the cloud. And, and again, going back to that speed and visibility. Yeah, it'll be really, I, I'm interested to, we're talking to a few students too, but I'm really interested to see how, like, how are their professors handling all this? Like, has it become a part of their... I mean, obviously it has to be mentioned, but it's just interesting. So on that note, what advice would you give today's uh, college students who are majoring specifically in supply chains? I would, my advice would be the same advice that I gave to my godson who was going through and getting, he was getting a master's degree in data science and supply chain. <laughs> and my conversation to him when he was looking for a job, have you looked at the manufacturing industry? For a job because he was having a difficult time i really encouraged him um, to look at other industries to be able to use that expertise now he recently took a role actually in the insurance industry um, which with a startup company who's really trying to transform that industry um, but my conversation with him was look at the look at industries that you typically wouldn't think about um, as coming out of, out of graduate school because they're looking for the innovation and the new ideas mm -hmm. and the new techniques that you're looking at. Prior to all the COVID crisis, you know, the, there was a deficit in the industry of, of folks, right, mm -hmm. um, and open, open positions. And um, it's now even, you know, worse given uh, some of the, the furloughs and the actions that some of the companies had to take. That being said, I think leveraging technology, people are going to find new ways to do their work and the students that are coming out now should look at industries they hadn't thought about before um, and so in the supply chain space look at the discrete manufacturers you know look at companies that are OEMs of any particular product um, and don't assume that they were using old technologies and you know, these are 100-year-old countries, co companies that are stodgy. They may actually be pretty innovative and want to bring some of those new ideas forward in their company. We're seeing a lot of that right now with some really interesting examples that are even in the news of manufacturers pivoting overnight, mm -hmm. taking the bill of materials from one company to be able to manufacture now, you know, some of the needed products for PPE. You know, that's that innovation is not going to stop. Absolutely. The children are our future. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So what is your favorite part about the supply uh, chain industry? The skill I think I'm most comfortable at in working with my team and within uh, Force or any company has been, I like to pull 
I like to have full visibility of sort of the network of how we all can work together. Mm-hmm. Um, I often use, and I hope this is, you can decide if you'd like to use this or not, but I often use the analogy for is, if anybody has ever watched a Formula One race, look at, watch the pit crew when the car comes in uh, and watch how finely tuned they all, they're, they're incredible athletes. They mm-hmm. have it's a great skill. They have tremendous trust and respect for their teammates. They can step in for their teammates because so they have a primary and secondary skill and they all have to work synchronously together. If you look at that analogy and relate it to the supply chain industry and how that all needs to work together. And I think even more so with, um, with the crisis that we've just experienced, we need to now better understand how to work together. Mm-hmm. And because there'll be some, there'll be some, you know, companies that unfortunately do not make it through this change. Right. Um, there'll be other com- companies that do. And I think with what will be interesting is that you will now understand how that your supply chain and the members of that, the, the specifics of the supply chain and all the players in it, you have to be more dependent on each other, mm-hmm. which means you do have to have more trust. And it goes back to that analogy of a Formula One pit crew. You have to have trust of, of your of your teammates, your network, and the and and all the components of that supply chain and how they all have to work together. Absolutely. I think that's a great analogy. I mean, it's just I mean, even just, you know, I grew up watching NASCAR and it used to always just astonish me the the way that they all work so fast and in tandem. And and it's true that the supply chain needs to, you know, um, it's, work. It's, yeah, it applies the same way. So, mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. You're welcome. And thank you for the invite. And uh, I hope that you know, those that have the opportunity to listen to this podcast really take a look at, you know, innovation partners like Salesforce. Um, we are not always considered initially, but certainly with uh, this COVID crisis, we came forward with programs that were help customers in need. We initially focused on, you know, the healthcare industry, but we then pivoted in helping the manufacturing, the supply chain industry by making products available to help them ramp up quickly. And then through that, we've had great conversations with them about some of them, how they've, you know, I don't know if I can give a couple of examples of just what tremendously what some customers have done. So, uh, you know, if they've got an outside sales force that suddenly had to go from working in an office to working from home, you know, we've got great examples of companies that had to pivot like 138 people in less than 24 hours to be productive working from home. Mm-hmm. And they've leveraged Salesforce technology to do that. So there's a variety of examples like that, or some of them more well-known, like 3M, how they pivot their operations, or Ford, how they pivot right. their operations. And many of these examples, they're leveraging some Salesforce capabilities to help them do that. Um, and I think that's where, you know, when we talk about supply chain, you typically don't think of like Salesforce yet. We are you know, the solvent for everything that's needed, but we are a key innovation player and part of that supply chain. And we've had some tremendous conversations around how do you get visibility? How do you think, how do you, how do you better understand what's happening in the entire supply chain and getting visibility to your partners because you're dependent on their, you're dependent on their products to be able to manufacture your product. How do you do that? And how do you use innovation partners to do that? So, um, I was excited to have this conversation just to learn about your questions, but also share um, uh, the innovation that Salesforce is bringing to the supply chain industry. Yeah. I I mean, obviously no 
time is a pandemic ever a good time? I mean, it, it's, it's clearly awful, but of all the times in, you know, the like manufacturing um, existence, I think this is probably the best time for it in terms of technology. I mean, this is how we're able to keep moving. You know, can you imagine what it would be like, you know, if we didn't have all this technology to keep going? I know you're about ready to wrap, but I, just one other thing I'll share is we've had a series of executive briefings with invites of, you know, usually 12 or less executives. And surprisingly, given all of us are doing these constant conference calls and so forth, so we're talking right. back to back throughout the day, um, they were all eager to get on. And the reason is that they wanted to learn the best practices from each other and share tips, you know, what kind of tools are you using? And overarching, you know, the conversation was, look, we got caught, we all got caught flat footed in terms of really leveraging some of the digital initiatives that we had started, you know, we were ready and, and the crisis, you know, caught us flat footed yet now digital innovation and leveraging the digital tools across the entire experience, the, you know, whether it's sales, service, marketing, you know, with our partners in our communities is, is the top CEO priority. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that goes back to the theme of this discussion. You know, I think it creates great opportunity for those that are in school getting the degrees and focusing around supply chain and the refinement and, and combining that with, you know, technology understanding and bringing those new lessons learned to the industry, I think will continue to create, you know, great innovation and new partnerships in uh, the manufacturing industry. Yeah, it's definitely going to be completely, completely different from here on out. And it, it'll even be interesting to see how the, the kids who are graduating or who are having to do school during this time, how they enter the workforce. I mean, they're going to have even completely different eyes than, than we do. Um, one thing, uh, would you like me to just do a quick uh, recording of my role and so forth at Salesforce? Yeah. Okay, I didn't do that. And then you can edit it. So um, again, thank you for inviting me for this podcast. My name is Cindy Bolt, and I lead our industry strategy team for manufacturing, automotive, and energy here at Salesforce. Great. Well, thank you so much again. This was awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. And thank you again to my guests for giving us all that insight about what it's like to be such a veteran in the supply chain industry. Uh, don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for our traditional episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive, accompanied by more Link Educate episodes later on in the week. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe on the Apple and Google playlists so you never miss an episode.